You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. You are a living soul, remember? You are not just a body. You are not just a mass of matter moving all over the place. No, you are a soul as well. You are a soul. That's the part of you that is eternal. Your spirit and your soul will never die. Never, never die. Your spirit will live forever. Your soul and your spirit are together. Okay? Your spirit is that part of you that is God conscious. But your soul is that part of you that is self-conscious. That's where you feel loved. That's where you feel rejected. Okay? That's where you feel um, abandoned. You feel there are certain feelings you have. It's part of your soul. Your soul is what enables you to feel accepted. Amen. That's, it's, it's, it's that part of you. And that part of you is vital. It's vital in your walk with God. And it's vital in how far you're going to go with God. It's also vital in how you're going to um, fulfill the will of God in your life. If you ignore your soul, it is at your own peril. Okay? Don't only focus on how you look outwardly. Are you getting me? Don't only focus on how you look physically. Because your physical looks... How many people know that the body changes with time? The Bible says beauty is vain. Charm is deceitful. Okay? Yeah, some people are only looking at the outward appearance, but they don't know how to look inside. It's good to be beautiful outside and inside. How many people know that? Yeah, it's good to be beautiful outside and inside. But there are some people that are beautiful on the outside, but ugly on the inside. You don't want to be ugly on the inside and beautiful on the outside. Hmm? They look like angels on the outside, but they are devils on the inside. You don't want that. So if you are ugly on the inside, we'll fix you, all right? Amen. <laughs> we will sort you out Amen. by the Spirit of God Amen. and by the Word of God. Amen. It's amazing the power of the Word. Amen. The Word is so powerful that it's able to affect every area of your being. Every aspect of your being can be affected and influenced and changed by the Word of God. And that's why you need to love your Bible. You need to read your Bible. You need to meditate on, your, on the Word of God. You need to spend time applying the Word of God in your life. Because that is the key to your destiny. Amen. Oh, Pastor, the Bible is boring. Yeah, it's boring to your flesh, but not to your soul, not to your spirit. Okay? It's boring 
because your flesh is not interested, your flesh is not committed to your eternity. Do you understand me? Your body. This is your flesh. Okay? This flesh is going to the dust one day. It's not interested in heaven. Did you know that? Yes. It's not interested in heaven. So when you tell your flesh, look, we need to work. We we, we need to work to please God. It says, why? Why do I have to please God? I don't feel like it. Hmm? That's how the flesh behaves. You say, flesh, we need to spend time with God. He says, for what? I'm too busy. Yes, that's the flesh for you. The flesh says, I have a lot of work. Yes, the work, what does it take care of? It takes care of the flesh, isn't it? Yes. You need more rant for what? For the flesh. So the flesh is motivated for you to commit more to making him happy. (laughs) Are you getting the point? Yeah, the flesh is committed. I I have to go to work even when it doesn't feel okay. Why? It makes me, the flesh, more comfortable. So because of that, it does not matter the demands that are placed upon me at work. Why? It benefits who? The flesh. So, go for it. So, the flesh... Even when you are tired, the flesh will tell you, you are tired, yes. But remember, we need this. Who are the we he's talking about? It's him. (laughs) Yes? Yeah. So, sometimes even the flesh will tell you, this person is a good friend. Why? Because it benefits who? Me. So, let's work on this. But when you start talking spirit, soul, he say, what is this now? Why are you trying to complicate matters? Hmm? Don't complicate matters. Just, just concentrate. Don't be distracted now. No, we've been going, I mean, everything has been steady. Hmm? That's how the flesh thinks. So when you start telling the flesh about the word, what is that? You need more uh, magazines. I don't know what you read. Series. You watch series. Okay. Yeah, we need more series. Huh? The flesh likes series. What else does the flesh like? Come on, tell me. Huh? Food. Okay. The Flesh likes food. What else does it like? Social media. Okay, the flesh likes social media. That's why you spend, you know, you look at your phone an average of 130 times a day. Do you know that? If you count the number of times you look at your phone in a day, who is it benefiting? Come on. Yes, yes. Just look straight. Nobody will know you are the one. You don't do such things. You are very spiritual. Come on. What else does the flesh like? Come on. Tell me. 
Compliments. Okay. All right. Clothes. Of course. Shopping. Come on. Yeah. Shopaholics. Look straight. Uh, retail therapy. <laughs> Is that not so? It's good for what? For the flesh. So the flesh says, it's good for me. So let's do it. It's all right. What else? How many people like to sleep? How many people? Your flesh loves sleep. Yes, yes, yes. Lots of sleep. Lots of sleep. Hmm? You sleep 10 hours a day. My goodness. What kind of a life is that? Yay. You need to wake up and talk to your bed. Tell your bed you are not going to rob me of my destiny. The Bible says, he that loves sleep uh, shall become poor. Too much sleep makes people poor. Hey. Yeah, it's okay to sleep moderately, but too much of anything is bad. Yes, too much of anything, even food, too much of food. Have you noticed when you see food, your flesh is like, oh my goodness. <laughs> huh? It is excited. I need so much. Then when you take it, by the time you take a little, it's like, ah, where will I put the rest? <laughs> you didn't realize the size of your stomach. Huh? You are looking by sight. So the flesh, you can't live your life depending on the flesh. Amen. You can't. You can't. Huh? I don't feel like, so I won't. Hmm? I don't feel like going to church today, so uh, I think let's just chill today. Who, uh, who are we talking to? Who is talking to who? The flesh is talking to you. Trying to get your consent. And unfortunately, sometimes you agree. You say to the flesh, let's just chill. He doesn't mind. <laughs> and he knows there's nothing heavenly about chilling. So he doesn't mind. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the soul that overcomes is a soul that overcomes the flesh. The soul has to be empowered to be able to overcome the flesh. All right? You don't, you, don't want your, you, you don't want to be at the mercy of your feelings. Okay? Feelings are okay. They have their place. But they need, you, need to, you need to tell feelings where they stop. Okay? Yeah. There are times I don't feel like praying. I know you always feel like praying. I mean, you look like someone that always feels like praying. Am I correct? Yeah, you always, I mean, you, you are always in the zone. But for some of us that are still growing and, you know, trusting God to mature in Christ, sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we struggle, but I mean, of course, you don't struggle. You've, you have mastered it. Hmm? Isn't it? Hallelujah. Come on. Yes, you have mastered it. I know that. I believe that. In the name of Jesus. We speak by faith, right? Yeah. 
So the soul, like I said, the soul is that part of you that is self-conscious. Man, we know man is a tripartite being. And what does that mean? Tripartite being means he is made, he is in three parts. Okay? Just like we have the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The three are one. So you also are three in one. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Yeah, that's what I heard Gloria Copeland say years ago. And I thought, yeah, that's well captured. I'm a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. This body is just a suit, right? Yes, the suit is not the main thing. That is what you're wearing to operate on earth. Without this, you can't function on earth. That's why the devil needs to possess people. Because he has no body. Do you understand? He has no body, so he needs a physical body in order to operate on earth. If he wants to attack people, right? A lot of times, he uses other bodies. Remember, he could not go directly to tempt um, Adam and Eve. He needed a serpent. Why? Because that's a legal entry into the earth. He has no body. If he just went and stood there as a spirit talking to Eve, do you know what she would have done to him? She would have punished him, bind him with chains, and throw him into hell. Send him to Tartarus. Hallelujah. But he, he knew better. I'm dealing with a king here. I'm dealing with the God of this world. So I need to be smart about it. So what does he do? He looks for the wisest um, creature. And that was a serpent. The Bible says that the serpent was more cunning, more subtle than every beast of the field. So he found that and he knew, yes, this one already has a natural disposition to convince. So I will enter into this one. And for him to enter into the serpent, he must have taken permission from the serpent. So somehow he talked to the serpent. He says, you know what? Let's strike a deal. I'll come into you, okay? And I need some work. I have some work to do. And when I finish, by the time we finish this project, you are going to be deputy God. (laughs) Yeah, I will be the God of this world and you will be my deputy. Hmm? Yeah, obviously the Bible doesn't say that, right? But it's just me. Okay. (laughs) So you are going to be deputy God if you allow me to enter into you. And then I'll talk to them. And then when they agree, trust me, you'll be deputy God. And the serpent said, hmm, yeah. I mean, I'm low here. If I can be up there, I think... And then the serpent agreed. The serpent agreed. He enters, goes to Eve, talks to her, convinces her, and then, you know, they eat the fruit, and you know what happened. <laughs> he didn't become deputy God. He lost his legs. <laughs> and he was relegated to the ground. 
dust, eating dust all the days of his life. Why would God judge the serpent if the serpent didn't give permission? If the serpent had no part to play? It would be unfair, right? So I'm sure. It just makes sense. For you to punish someone. It's like saying somebody is mentally uh, sick. Then the person commits a crime. But they know that this person is not in his right senses. You know that the sentence will be different. From if someone did it with his, his, his full uh, in right state of mind. So the serpent was part of the deal. And I wonder what Satan told the serpent. We'll find out in eternity. But it will be a, an interesting conversation. Because I'm sure the snakes in heaven don't crawl. Well, I don't know. I'm just talking. I don't want to go there now. Okay. As you see, I'm so much interested in heaven. Yes. I, I tend to talk a lot about heavenly stuff because we need to bring heaven down here. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, the soul. Where do we start? Let's start from Deuteronomy. Okay? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Or let's read verse, verses 4 and 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Okay? Then verse 5, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your what? Soul and with all your strength. Hmm? Can you imagine that? Love the Lord with all your heart. Your heart is the, is the center of your being. Your heart comprises your spirit and your soul. Your spirit and your soul together form what is known as the heart. Okay? It's not the pump that... that uh, it's, not, it's not the organ that pumps blood. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about that part of your being, the innermost part of your being. That's the real you. That's the real you. So your spirit is that which enables you to contact God. To become God conscious. When you worship, the Bible says the Father seeketh those that are true worshipers. True worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. Your spirit enables you to worship God. You need a spirit to worship God because God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Okay? So your spirit, that's where your conscience is. That's where you just know deep down. You can't explain it. This is wrong. Nobody has told you it's wrong, but you just know inside you. How many people know what I'm talking about? You've been there, right? That is your spirit. That is your spirit. But your soul, that's where you have your mind. Has anybody seen a mind before? What does a mind look like? Huh? Where are the doctors? Doctor, I want you to tell me, describe the mind. Where is the doctor here? Doctor, come on, put up your hand. Ah, he's sitting far. I'm coming to you. You cannot hide from me. <laughs> huh? There's another doctor here. 
what does the soul look like? I don't have a mic. Okay, tell me. What, what? In medical school, did they tell you what a soul looks like? No, we don't talk about the mind. What? We what? don't talk about the soul. We don't talk about the soul in medicine. You don't? No, we don't. Oh, my goodness. Huh? Okay, psychologist. Where is the psychologist? Hmm? Where is the psychologist? No psychologist? They are hiding. They are hiding. Where are they? Show up. Huh? Show up before you perish. Where are you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, what about the mind? What does the mind look like? Hmm? What, does, what does the wheel look like? Let me. What does the wheel look like? Have you ever seen your wheel? Have they told you what your wheel looks like? Huh? You went to school. All of you that went to school. You mean they didn't tell you what your wheel looks like? Hmm? They didn't tell you. Okay, wh- all right. What about your emotions? You know you have emotions, right? Yeah, because you get angry. Some of you, I can see, you got angry this week. (laughs) You get angry. Yeah. That anger comes from your emotions. Yes. That's That's where it is. So, what I'm trying to say is that your soul is made up of your mind your will, and your emotions. The three of them make up your soul. Right? Now, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay? I think the translator should have put a semicolon there after heart. With all your heart, and he's explaining the heart, is your soul. Part of, part of your heart is your soul. Okay, with all your heart, with your soul, and then your strength. This is your strength, physically. How do you love God physically? Huh? By lifting weights in the gym? No, definitely not. Huh? Definitely not. When you come out and you are dancing and you are doing all those steps, how many people know you are using your strength? That is part of love. God with your strength. Hallelujah. When you use your energy, when you use the energy to do things for God, you are loving God with your strength. Hallelujah. When you go for rehearsals, sometimes you do it when you're tired, right? Yeah. Oh, somebody says all the time. (laughs) Yeah. You You are loving Him with your strength when you do that. Yeah. So it doesn't have to always be convenient. But then, what are you doing? You are giving God your strength. You are demonstrating your love. Your your strength. You are using your strength to love God. There are many people who don't use their strength for God. They only use their strength for the flesh. Huh? You need to graduate. All right? To get to a point where you use your strength. You use your strength for God. So you love God with all your heart. 
with your soul and your strength. That is to say, love God with your entire being. Love God with your entire being. So, if you are not able to overcome, if the soul cannot overcome, because the soul is the center, hmm? that means your will is defeated. Yes? You can be defeated in your will. That means you make dumb choices. You make choices that are contrary to God's will. Yes? Yeah. So don't do that. But for you not to do that, you need the overcomer's complex working in your soul. You need it working in your soul. Then what about your emotions? Your feelings. I've, sometimes your feelings go crazy, right? Have you been there? Where you just wake up and you just feel bad. Nothing has happened. But you just feel Today is a bad day. Have you been there before? Don't, don't put so much of your mind to that. Okay? Tell yourself, it's just a feeling. Amen. Yeah? Say, it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. Yeah. Feelings come to go. Feelings come to go. Hmm? You're married, right? How long now? Okay, one year and a few months. At that times you woke up and you didn't feel as if you were married. <laughs> or you, f you feel that every day you wake up, you feel married. Huh? <laughs> she does. Okay, he doesn't. So, somebody needs help here. Huh? Yeah. Yes. There's, there, are, there are times that you might not feel married. Your feelings... Might just be as if, oh yeah, you used to be, you're, you've, you've been used, you've lived single for most of your life. Now you're just married for one year. So, if you wake up one day and you have single feelings, <laughs> yeah, if you wake up one day and you have single feelings, does that mean you are single? No, it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. Yeah. Just like sometimes you wake up and you don't feel as if you're a Christian. How many people, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you, just, you just feel like, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's just a feeling. So what do you do? You cause your feelings to conform. Alright? So you control your feelings. You don't allow your feelings to control you. If you want to be a soul that overcomes, you have to be a soul that has mastered the feelings. You must master your feelings. Or else your relationships will be like crazy. Crazy. Yeah, but that's the psychologist here. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Yes. So, the soul is vital. Psychologists are trained to, to deal with the soul. But even that, there's a limit to what they can do. The, the Spirit of God. The Word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews um, chapter 4, verse 12. Let's read Hebrews. Is it 12 or 11? Hebrews, where it says, The Word of God is living and powerful. 
hmm? sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes? Come on. Are we there? Where is it? Where is Hebrews? Hebrews 4. Huh? Hebrews. Hebrews. Somebody say Hebrews. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, 4.12. Yeah, technology is slow this morning. Yo, we need a fast machine in this church. Hmm? A spiritual computer, right? <laughs> yeah, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful, okay? Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, right? And what? Of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word of God is that which has the capability of dealing with your spirit and your soul and your body. It can go even into your bone marrow. That's power. Hmm? Even the scientists don't have what it takes to get into the spirit. That's why they are still trying to discover uh, or they are trying to prove whether God exists or not. Why? Because their technology cannot pick spiritual things. But the Word of God is able. So when you take the Word of God and you begin to feed upon the Word of God, you begin to apply the Word of God, guess what? It works spirit, soul, body. That means the Word of God can take care of your emotions. Hallelujah. The Word of God can take care of your spirit. And guess what? It can take care of your body as well. It can take care of your body. If you are sick, keep taking the Word of God. Keep applying the Word of God to your body on a daily basis. When, the, when you go to the hospital, the doctor gives you a prescription. And he says, take this tablet three times a day. Take it with meals. Hmm? You know what I'm talking about. And you do it diligently, right? Hopefully. Hopefully you do it diligently. If you don't do it, your doctor will not be happy with you. Yes? But when you do that, the doctor is happy. And then you go back, he checks. He says, oh, wow, you're doing well. Okay, now, we need to reduce this. We need to change this. And okay, you go back, come back after um, a period of time. So you do that. Guess what? There is the word of God that you can take as well. Huh? It's called word pills. Hmm? Word pills. So you take word pills and you need to begin to apply them on a daily basis with your meals. You take it. <laughs> yes. So you look for pills that have to do with emotions. You look for scriptures that have to do with emotions and you begin to apply them on a daily basis. On a daily basis. I discovered this secret as a teenager and it helped me to overcome the temptations of, 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 of the teenage years. Telling you, I was applying it consistently on a daily basis. Every day, I take a word pill. Hmm? And one of my favorite word pills is Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Some of you know about that already. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. What does it say? Come on, let's read it. It says, finally, brethren... 
whatever things are true, then you know how I take it? I go there and I say, Eric, whatever is true. Hmm? I'm not saying brethren. I'm talking to this soul. This soul. You need to learn to talk to your soul. David spoke to his soul. He says, why are you cast down, oh my soul? Huh? Why are you down? Who is he talking to? To himself. Can you imagine? Hmm? If you want to walk with God, learn to talk to yourself. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? You wake up and you feel bad. Tell yourself, why are you feeling bad this morning? Huh? Put your hope in God. Hmm? So, whatever things are true, yes? Whatever things are noble. I say, Eric, whatever is true. Whatever is noble. Whatever things are just. Whatever things are pure. Huh? Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So I now begin to speak to my mind. Every day. Sometimes three times a day. Sometimes six times a day. Sometimes ten times a day. But I just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Then you know what? Then I now discover with time that some strongholds were broken over my mind. Amen. There were certain thought patterns that got broken. Oh, I used to be suicidal. It broke. It broke. Pastor, you suicidal? Yes! I wanted to die. Hey! I could have missed life. <laughs> yes. If I had died, I would not have met you. Can you see what I, would have, I was going to miss? But this passage rescued me. Hallelujah. I overcame in my soul. I overcame in my mind. I say, Eric, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 is a boundary around your mind. You're not allowed to think any thought that is outside Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Any thought that is not true, any thought that is not noble, any thought that is not just, any thought that is not pure, any thought that is not lovely, any thought that is not of good report, any thought that is not virtuous, any thought that is not praiseworthy, does not belong in your mind. Hallelujah. So I began to do that on a consistent basis. And guess what? Nobody taught me this. It's the Holy Spirit himself. I just woke up one day and got this idea. Sometimes you don't know certain thoughts that come to your mind are from the Spirit of God. And I began to apply. The problem with some of you is that you don't take those thoughts serious. You are waiting for an angel to appear and to tell you, thus says the Lord. Take Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 three times a day and thou shalt be fine. Come on. You don't need an angel when you have the martial word of prophecy. You have the living word. You don't need that. So take the word of God because your soul is created to overcome. 
You are supposed to overcome. And if you don't, you have yourself to blame. Don't look for someone. Come, pray for me so that my soul will be, over, will be an overcomer. No, there's no prayer that will make your soul an overcomer. Take responsibility. Uh-huh. Huh? Sois responsable. Huh? N'est-ce pas? Yes. Yeah? You, you, you need to be responsible for your soul. Nobody is going to guard your soul for you. Nobody is going to preserve your soul for you. You need to do that. Turn with me to 3 John. Look at 3 John. 3 John. Verse 2, 3 John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that what? You may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. How many people want to prosper? Are you sure? The way your hand came up, it didn't come up convincing. It just came out like this. Uh, I don't know if it's God's will. Huh? Maybe it's for somebody else, but not for me. Hmm? How many people want to prosper? You? You want to prosper? Oh my goodness, everybody! Ha. Okay, this is the key. This is the key. He said, I pray that you may prosper in how many things? Hello? In all things. Has anybody got a vow of poverty here? Huh? You want to be poor for the Lord. Anybody? You want, okay, you want to be a church rat. Poor as a church rat. Is anybody like that? I, I haven't seen that rat since. <laughs> since I got saved. Yeah? They say the church rat. And I, I've been looking for that rat since. I have not seen it. Yeah. Who came up with that statement? They need to arrest him. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. That is spiritually. Huh? Emotionally. Hallelujah. You emotionally and physically. Because he said you may prosper and be in health. How many people want good health here? You don't want to be sick to learn a lesson? Huh? You, you, don't you want God to punish you a little bit with some sickness? Are you sure? Do you want a serpent to bite you so that, you know, you will learn some things? Huh? Do you, don't you want God to use it, the sickness to humble you or to teach you how to be patient? Huh? Do you, don't you want that? Huh? You see? So, this is God's will for you. He wants you to prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So, the condition of your soul is going to determine a lot of things that happen in your life. Can you, can you see that? As your soul prospers. In other words, in proportion to the prosperity of your soul, you will prosper. In pro proportion to the, to the health of your soul, you will be healthy. 
Can you see that? Or is it just me? You can see it, right? Do you want it in the Amplified? Okay, let's amplify this verse. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. Come on, every way. Yes? And that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Keep well. Keep well. As your soul keeps well. So, if you are going to overcome certain conditions in life, don't ignore your soul. Hello? Don't ignore your soul. What are some of the things in the soul that are not healthy? Can you think of some things? Bitterness, yes. Bitterness is in the soul. It's not, it is toxic. So you must be able to overcome bitterness. Hmm? Because bitterness leads to, there are different things. I don't want to go into that. Hmm? But the Bible says bitterness is a rottenness to the bone. That's cancer of the bone. It can be traced to bitterness. There are some physical sicknesses that are traced to soul conditions. I'm telling you. Yeah. A lot of them. That's why you must not ignore your soul. If you want to live long, you want to live healthy, and you want to prosper, pay attention to your soul. Pay attention to your soul. Yes, there's bitterness. Hmm? There's unforgiveness. Come on. Yeah. You need to get to a point where you give forgiveness credit. Somebody say forgiveness credit. So I forgive you in advance. Yeah. That's, this, that's a healthy soul. That's one of the ways to have a healthy soul. Forgive in advance. Hallelujah. Can you do that? If God did it, you can. Because you have his DNA. Okay? So, don't relate with people like, Oh, you know, um, the other day, you know, you did this for me. You did this. And, you know, this is the tenth time now you're doing this. Come on. That's, a, that's an unhealthy soul. That's an unhealthy soul. And it will lead to unnecessary pain. Hmm? To lead to unnecessary pain. You might not want to be friends with that person, but forgive them. Do you understand? Yeah, forgive them. Forgive them. You've done this. All right. All the best for you. I will not hold it against you. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why do you think Jesus prayed that prayer on the cross? They were still stoning him and, you know... Causing him much pain. And in that pain, he's saying, forgive them. Forgive them. Why? Because he knew if his soul is not healthy, he can't rise from the dead. Yeah. He would not have risen from the dead. He would have been damned. Huh? Completely doomed. But he knew that his soul is vital. 
the soul is vital. And the challenge we have in our soul is it has more to do with relationships. You see, with relationships with one another. How many people know you don't, you are not perfect, right? Yeah, you are not perfect and you, you, you don't relate with perfect people, right? So everybody makes mistakes. So what do you do with those mistakes? Record them. You have a black book. Hmm? Do you have a black book where you put a list of all the people that have wronged you in life? Yeah, and, and I know people who have the black book. No, for real. They have a black book where if you cross a certain line, your name goes into that book. <laughs> your name goes into the black book. Only God knows what they are going to do with that book. But that is what the devil will use to accuse them before God. To resist them. When God wants to bless them, the devil will say, no, you cannot bless this person. Because of this. He said, no, but uh, this, per this person is fasting and praying. Father, do this for me. Satan will say, his soul. His soul does not qualify for this. Yeah. His soul does not qualify for this. Can you see how he's treating his sister? Can you see the kind of grudge he has been carrying for five months? He won't even talk to her. She has said, I'm sorry, 200 times. And he's like, I know myself. Nobody messes with me. Hmm? Come on. Yeah. I know some, there's nobody like that here. Hmm? Nobody messes with me and goes free. And yet you've been messing with God all these years. And you are still alive. Hmm? God did not say, when are you going to stop? In fact, by tomorrow, if you don't stop, you are dead. He didn't say that. So why can't you treat your brother the same way? Why can't you treat your sister the same way? Why can't you treat your friend the same way? Why can't you treat your boss the same way? Okay, I know he's evil. Yes, I know he's evil, but... You know how evil you are. You know how evil you are. Before God. Oh my word. You think you are righteous, right? You think you are good, right? Jesus said there is none good. No. There is none righteous. Nobody. Pastor, I've been faithful. I've been diligent. I pay my tithe. I go to church. I'm committed. I'm serving in this department. I'm in this corner group. In fact, in my tribe, I'm the most zealous. And, uh, you know, in fact, I do this. If your soul is not all right, it's all for nothing. Pay attention to your soul. Amen? Amen. Learn to love unconditionally. 
Don't say, oh, you're my friend because you're good to me. Jesus calls you friend. Huh? How many times have you betrayed him? Countless times. Am I correct? And have you seen him now come to you and say, because you did this, you're no longer my friend. No, he doesn't do that. He still stands and says, when are you going to come back? I love you. Hmm? I'm hurt, but I love you. Come, let us reason together. Hallelujah. Do you know that there's so much pain in the body of Christ today? Hmm? Don't you know people who say, I don't want to have anything to do with church. You know people like that? Yeah. I meet them all the time. Church has hurt me. Hmm? I'm sure I've heard some people already today as I'm talking. The soul. Your, this condition of your soul will determine what hurts you. So check and see what are the things that hurt you. It, it is an indication of the state of your soul. Hello? Is it alright to be frank about these things? Or should I keep it to myself? And just be working on it. And then I'll be blessed. And the rest of you will be looking and say, wow, God loves him so much. Yeah, he is so blessed. Everybody can be blessed. Amen. Everybody can be healthy. Amen. Everybody can prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it's in proportion to your soul. That's why the Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. Diligence. Even when somebody has done something to you, tell yourself, Lord, help me to guard my heart. Help me to shield my heart. I want to protect this. I want to protect this. This is so precious to me. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Huh? Matthew 16, I think 26 or 27. What shall it profit a man? He gains the whole world, but his soul is gone. You mess your soul up, but you have billions in your account. What have you gained? In other words, what he's saying is that your soul is of more value than all the money in the world. All the money in the world. Hallelujah. Hmm? The reason, I'm telling you, what people value in this world is nothing. It's nothing before God. The only thing that is of value is the soul. Jesus came to die for souls. Correct? He died for your soul. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. So he was battered emotionally so that you can be healthy emotionally. You can be healthy emotionally. You can be sound. Make up your mind and say, my soul is going to be healthy. You know that it will reduce some of our prayers. 
Yeah. It will reduce some of our prayers. Please, God, Father, bless me. Bless me. And the Father is saying, and your soul? Hmm? Father, open doors. Do this for me. And he's looking, and your soul? What are we saying about your soul? But you're not paying any attention to the soul. Huh? You're only looking outwardly. The soul is vital. That's your most precious possession. That is what you're going to take into heaven. Hmm? The Bible says, the soul that sinneth shall die. So soul sins. Yes. Souls commit murder. Our legal system can only deal with physical murder. But God deals with soulish murder. He that hates his brother is a murderer. Hey, so that means God supervises what goes on in the soul. Hello? Jesus said, you have heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look at the woman lustfully, you have committed adultery. That means what happens in the soul matters to God. Hey, should we pay attention to that? Do you think we should? Or should we just, you know, focus on the physical? And say, well, I didn't do anything. You know, what is your proof? There's no proof, but God has the proof. Hmm? Yeah. Do you know a covetous person? A per- the word covetousness has to do with you wanting that which belongs to another person. Yes? But physically, we can't see it. Have you ever seen, do you know what covetousness looks like? Have you ever seen, they say, oh, look at covetousness there. Look. <laughs> yeah, covetousness is, is walking around the streets of Joburg. Look at, look, look. Hey, I didn't know he looked so beautiful or whatever. No, you never find that. But it is a soul condition. It's a soul condition. So when he said, don't be covetous, you, you, you see somebody, God is blessing someone, he said, Okay, who does she think she is? Hmm? She, thinks, she thinks because she has achieved this, she has achieved that. You think I don't know? Sometimes I pick some of those things. By the Spirit. You know, if you don't deal with your soul, I'm telling you, you will be blocked. Your blessings will be blocked. I'm telling you. When somebody is blessed, celebrate their blessings. He said, I, I, I thank you. I thank God for your life. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Amen. And you thank God for them genuinely. That's it. Ah, praise the Lord for you. Then you move your eyes. <laughs> Come on. Don't do that. Hmm? It's, it's, it's sad, but these things have crept into the church. And they are seated on many seats. The message will be going on there just looking, wow. Hmm. Who does he think he is now? How can he just come here and tell us these kind of things? Hmm? This is the kind of message you want to hear. He's even talking for too long. Let him stop talking. <laughs> what, what's all this? If you don't have anything better to say, keep quiet. 
Hmm? I'm sure you're not like that. There are places where I can't say these things, honest. I just go there and tell them, oh, the Lord is good, come on, hallelujah. Just believe. Hmm? Yeah. But sometimes they say to me, don't talk about this. Go, don't go to this area. Leave this area alone. Don't touch this. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Talk about this. Talk ab- you can talk about any other thing, but leave this side alone. And of course, that's the side where the enemy is ruling. That's where Satan's throne is. So they say, don't go there. Touch any other thing. Tell them how they can be millionaires. Tell them how they can be successful. Encourage them and all of that. And that's. But don't you want success that will outlive you? Huh? Don't you want the kind of success you can take to heaven? Don't you? Do you know that there is? There is a kind of success that will go with you. He says, uh, those that die in Christ, he says, their works follow them. Their works what? Follow them. They go into heaven with their works. Yeah. You see there in Revelation. I don't remember the verse. Hmm? Blessed are they that die in the Lord. Yes. Their works follow them. So you can take what you're doing. Oh, if your soul is whole, you will take it with you. Huh? Imagine you've learned to love unconditionally. Huh? You've learned to give forgiveness credit. I think I need to do a message on forgiveness credit. Because we're living in a credit society. Right? So much credit. How many people have credit? Hmm? Debt. Okay, debt. Debt, debt has... Hmm? How many people want credit? You, you, you want some credit, right? Come on. Don't be afraid. It's not a trick question. How many people want some credit? Yes, okay, fine. So receive forgiveness credit. Amen. Hallelujah. God has given you forgiveness credit. All you need to do is to appropriate it. Yeah. Just say, Father, I'm sorry. Let the blood of Jesus wash me. And that's it. Hmm? So even when the bank gives you credit, don't you need to go and sign some documents? Linda, do we, we have to sign? Can't I just go and collect it? You mean I can't? Or can't it just be given to me like that? No. Uh, it's not possible. What if my father is a, a billionaire? And he left this so much for me. Can't I just like experience it? Well, what if I have faith? No? Ha! This thing is getting more complicated. I, I, I thought you can just like, you know, just wake up and you have it. Because it's yours, right? It's yours. It's mine. But I still have to go. And then sign. Hmm? And answer some questions. I need to identify myself. What if I don't want to identify myself? What if I'm offended? That they are doubting me. I'm a carbon copy of my father. Is that not good enough? It's not good enough. Ha! 
So I still need to identify myself. And I need to sign. Oh my. So the blood of Jesus, there's a way it works. The forgiveness credit that God has given to you. There's a way it works. Alright? But your soul. You must apply the blood in your soul. Amen? Is there anybody that has been wounded recently? You've been hurt? You are in pain emotionally? Recently? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. You see, one thing about uh, emotional wounds is that if they're not addressed, if they stay for too long, then they degenerate into other areas of your life. You see, an emotional wound can affect your spirit. It can also affect your body. Hmm? It can affect your relationship with God. It can affect your physical being. So pay attention. I want people that overcome in every area of life. So that when Satan comes to attack you, there's nothing that will work. Why? Because inside, like Jesus said, the prince of this world has, is coming, but he has no part in me. Amen. Jesus was able to protect his soul. Do you know what they used to do to him? How they used to castigate him? They said, you are a demon. You are possessed. You are a Samaritan. Huh? It was an insult. They call him, they accuse him, they say all sorts of things. And this is somebody that is helping them. Do you understand how many people have helped someone who stabbed them? You know, I mean, em emotionally. I'm not talking physical stabbing now. Yeah, although sometimes it gets to physical stabbing. A lot of physical stabbings start from the emotion. They start from the soap. A lot of robberies start from the soul. Am I correct? Yeah. Somebody just hates you for nothing. You are just, you are just being yourself. Now, who does she think she is? Goody, goody. Every time. You're always good. Are you, what point are you trying to prove? Huh? You're trying to say all of us are bad. You are the only good person. Then, they come against you. May God forgive them. Don't let anyone change you. Amen. Did you hear me? Amen. Don't let anyone change you. Continue to be good. Amen. Continue to be a child of God. Continue. No matter how people respond. Some people get hardened because, oh no, people are taking advantage of me. I'm like this, I'm like this. And now they begin to take advantage. Don't change. Don't change. Protect your soul. In due season, God will bless you. And when he blesses you, they are the same people that will look at you and say, Wow! How did you do it? Then you will help them by God's grace. Hallelujah. Let's stand up on our feet. Why don't we talk to the Lord? This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.